covering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. Hello everybody, and welcome to the weekend edition of the Fantasy Front Office. I'm your host, Todd Williams, flying solo tonight as we're going to break down the latest fantasy baseball news. Starting New York, the big news of the day, Matt Harvey has been DFA'd by the New York Mets. They say you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, and I think Mets fans will agree Matt Harvey has been the villain of the New York Mets. Um, what a what a fall from grace for Matt Harvey. In other news, the red-hot Atlanta Braves are going to see Joey Bats get the call up today, actually Friday as we're recording this. Six for 15 in his last four games in AAA. He's going to play third base. He hasn't played third at the major league level since 2011. Not consistently since 2008. But here's a guy who the Braves seem pretty high on. They went out of their way to move him to third and give him this opportunity. As we know, outside of the top 10, 12 third basemen, especially with injuries, Justin Turner still hurt. He might be a guy worth a deep league flyer. He's going to be available in most, most leagues, and he's going to get a ton of at-bats. It seems like he will be the guy at third base. Um, their top prospect, or one of the top prospects, Austin Riley, still is a little bit away. I don't think he'll be up anytime soon. So they want Joey Bats to take this job, as shocking as that is. But it's a great spot for him to have an awesome opportunity. So he might be a deep league guy if you need third base help. He might still have outfield eligibility, depending on the league. But that's not all the news out of Atlanta. Mike Sorica, who had a great start Monday, will get another start in the rotation for the Atlanta Braves. Now, there are a ton of talented young pitchers that the Atlanta Braves have. And Sorica, he he gets lucky that he was one of the first ones to come up. And he has an opportunity to keep the job. Um, the guy is only 20, 21 years old, but he looked awesome. Sticking in Southern California, Albert Pools, just want to mention this, one hit away from 3,000 hits. Now, we are recording this about an hour before the Angels are set to start their Friday night game in Seattle. But interestingly enough, I saw this note, and I just want to bring him up just because of the season he's having so far. In an MLB.com article I was reading about Pujols, they mentioned that Nick Markakis, very, very quietly, at only age 32, has 2,092 hits. He's a guy who has really done a good job staying healthy. He did have that neck problem a couple years ago, but overall, he's been healthy the last couple years, and he's hitting 336 this year. In the last 15 days, three homers, 14 RBIs. Now, he's always had the batting average. But a little bit of pop, hitting in Atlanta, it's a great lefty power. But now I just wanted to touch on the injuries as this year there, there's been a lot of them. And I'll start at home, as you guys know, big Diamondback fan. And I'm, I'm bummed to just see the continued delay of the Jake Lamb rehab. Um, about a week ago, they said his shoulder was fine, but was having elbow issues, um, just throwing and such. And then we got news today that Jake Lamb got a cornerstone shot in his shoulder. So that's going to delay his rehab. He's going to get a couple days off and then, well, pretty much have to start over again. So best case scenario, a week as Dimebacks, um, they go to L.A. Tuesday, Wednesday, next week, come home on Thursday. 
So maybe next weekend he could come back, but it it's not looking great for Lamb. This is a guy who we thought might not even need a DL stint, and it, it's just one thing after another, and it's a little worrisome. So hopefully this will be the last one. The Corestone shot should help, but as a Diamondback fan with lots of stocks of Jake Lamb, please come back soon. <laughs> Going back to the Braves, as we've talked about them already, Dansby Swanson will hit the DL with a wrist injury, but they do believe it might just be a two-week deal. No structural damage, just they want to give him some time off to let it heal. Going to Minnesota, they have lost Miguel Sano and Byron Buxton in the last week. Starting with Buxton, they said he's having trouble cutting with his toe injury. Obviously, it sounds more like a turf toe injury, which is incredibly worrisome granted that you're banking on his speed and the twins from a baseball sense need him to play an elite center field and the speed obviously is important in that but him with a toe injury worrisome you need those stolen bases for Buxton to have value uh, hitting under 200 on the year no homers so that's not encouraging but Miguel Sano they don't seem too worried about his hamstring injury um He's had a lot of hammy and quad issues in the past, but he isn't traveling with the team, but they do hope that he could come back next Tuesday. So keep your eye on that. Obviously, with muscle injuries, soft tissue injuries, you know, one setback, and you could be out another week or two and just restarts the rehab. But Sano, it seems more precaution than really bad injury and that's a good sign for now but through the weekend look to see if he might come back Tuesday but my guess next weekend someone else with a toe injury from the Nationals Anthony Rendon is supposed to come back Saturday now his final rehab game is Friday night as I said we are recording on Friday night but he should be back tomorrow it looks very encouraging on Thursday he went two for four so that's always good to see uh, production during the rehab stint fellow teammate Adam Eden the news isn't as good he's still in a walking boot with his ankle injury um Adam Eden obviously injury prone as um that's a tough label to shake but it's not looking good uh, obviously still in the walking boot he's been out since around the middle of April so that that's a situation that doesn't look encouraging but if you are a Michael Taylor owner and I know a lot of Adam Eden owners are you get Probably don't mind it too much. Taylor with four stolen bases in the last week. Um, he's giving you production. If you did pick him up or were kind of handcuffing him with national outfielder, outfielders, um, you're in good shape. So that's not the end of the world. Um, but moving on to Cleveland, Danny Salazar still has shoulder inflammation. He got a second uh, opinion on his shoulder, and they said it's nothing structural. It's just inflammation, but he's been out a while. This happened... Um, before spring training games even started. And, you know, these kind of things, when there isn't a structural issue and it's more inflammation, um, you you just don't know the timetable. He was transferred to the 60-day DL, so we'll we'll see what happens, but it it's going to be a while. Uh, Best-case scenario, probably mid-June, but he's, he's not even throwing at the moment. But good news for the um, Cleveland Indians, Andrew Miller might return Tuesday. Now, he was supposed to return this weekend, but they said he wasn't quite ready, but he is throwing, and with his hamstring injury, he should be back Tuesday. 
with a, another hamstring issue, um, seems to be the trend, Miguel Cabrera was put on the DL. And this is interesting because at first it sounded bad. Um, here's a guy, obviously older, had back issues last year. You don't like seeing the hamstring, soft tissue injuries. But they were debating even to put him on the DL. And that's a good sign. So hopefully a 10-day rest, maybe a couple extra days for Miguel Cabrera. But like I've been saying, hamstring, quad, calf injuries, one wrong step, you tweak it, and it, it you're starting over again. As we mentioned earlier, Ryu is hurt with a groin injury out past All-Star break. So Walker Buehler, that is the guy who is going to take that spot in the rotation. And I cannot be higher on Walker Buehler Um Ryu was a, a deep draft target for me personally. Uh, it gets hurt a ton, but when he's on the mound, he's good. I think you can cut him. Um, he's probably already available in most leagues, but he's a guy you can cut and just keep a track of. You know, If he's set to return late July, he's always a guy to pick up. Uh, when on the mound, he's good, but, man, he, he gets hurt all the time, which as a Diamondback fan, it's not the worst thing in the world, but you do hate to see guys get injured. And Final note. Alex Reyes, um, the superstar prospect from the Cardinals, he is throwing an extended spring training. They are trying to bring him back as a starter. So that may take longer than if they were to use him out of the bullpen. But he was hitting 95 to 98 in extended spring training. Uh, Great sign. Very good sign. Um, His value this year, not not looking good in redraft leagues. I think they're going to bring him along slowly. The Cardinals have a ton of young, good pitchers. Um, but in dynasty leagues, he looks good. I mean, the velocity's back. You like to see that. You like that he's in a situation where long-term, it's good because they're bringing him back slow. They're going to do it right. So that wraps up the injury um, segment. Hopefully next week will be a little shorter. To wrap it up, we're going to hit some waiver wire options. And the first name, now... Fantasy baseball is a funny game because last year, this guy was maybe the premier sleeper. Um, speed guy, a little bit of pop, but uh, the opportunity, obviously, in Cincinnati was great. And he was terrible last year. Uh, that's pretty much it. He's cut most redraft leagues. Even dynasty leagues I'm in that are on the deeper side, he was cut too. But... Jose Peraza, now he is 50% owned. Um, his ownership has been on the rise of late. But in the last 15 days, now I that's usually what I like to look at, um, at least for like these kind of segments. Peraza has a 393 on base percentage in the last 15 days, three stolen bases, two homers. Now, he only has two walks in the last 15 days, and obviously that it's a shame that he doesn't walk more. That'd be a great avenue for him to get on base and steal more bases. But he's hitting the ball well right now. And he is going to give you stolen bases. He is second base and shortstop eligible. So Peraza getting those everyday at-bats, 12 runs too in the last 15 days. But uh, I like Peraza as a pickup if he's available in leagues. Um, a little less owned at 44% is shortstop third base DH Eduardo Escobar. Now with Sano out, he is hitting, I believe, fifth in that lineup the last I checked. 11 runs in the last 15 days. Um, 382 on base percentage, three homers. In the middle of the lineup, hopefully get more RBI opportunities. Only has seven in the last 15 days, which isn't terrible, but um, I, I really do like Escobar. Now, he is a guy who 
probably going to end a year of like a 310, 320 on base percentage, but he gets hot. You know, his homers, his average uh, boost runs, they come in bunches. And right now he's hot and he's swinging the bat well. Um, my Now moving on to the outfield. I'm a big fan of him, and he isn't a perfect player. He does strike out too much like most players. Um, but Franchi Cordero is only owned in 18% of ESPN leagues. Here's a guy who missed the first about two weeks of the season, but six homers, three stolen bases. He he is going to give you power and speed, and it's going to be consistent with a 383 on base percentage, 260 average in the last 15 days. Um, only four of those homers did come in the last 15 days, but Franchi Cordero is a guy who I really, really like. At 18% on, that's, that's insane. Um, Will Myers is out right now, but even if he wasn't, I think Cordero's at-bats are pretty secure. Um, he's hitting fourth in that lineup. Uh, the Padres lineup isn't as bad as their pitching. There's a starting pitching, at least. It, it's not a bad lineup. It really isn't. And with Hosmer, Villanueva, who is up to 83% owned, so he, no reason for us to talk about him. But Franchi Cordero, a name that I really, really do like. And the last hitter that I'll bring up before going into the, the deep sleepers is Brandon Belt. Uh, he's at 64% owned, but his uh, 20% gain in the last 10 days. So he might be available in some leagues. Uh, 304 average, 6 homers, 15 RBIs in the season. And in the last 15 days, he has four homers with a 482 on base percentage, 11 walks in the last 15 days. Um, Brandon Belt is a guy who, he, he showed a good on base percentage last year. Never really much of an average guy, but his ability, he had 18 homers in 100 games last year. On pace for 27, there might be more pop from him now, and he may bump into the, the te- low teens of the first base conversation. And he's a guy who could be had, I think, pretty cheaply. I mean, it's Brandon Belt. And the name alone, the name value kind of hurts him. Uh, nobody wants to own Brandon Belt. We've seen him for nine years. But it's I think he's really bought into the fly ball revolution while being able to walk a ton and get on base. Um, if you're not on base percentage league and need a little pop at first base, maybe send a trade offer for Brandon Belt is available in a third of leagues too, so there is always that option also if he's available. Uh, real quickly, two catchers that are on fire. They're around the 55% range, uh, Francisco Cervelli and Wilson Ramos. Both of them have on-base percentages over 430, three homers in the last 15 days. So if you like to add and stream catchers, those are two names to keep in mind if they're available. Now, going to guys, I'm going to give you two players. Under 10% owned, and the first one at 7.9% owned is Matt Adams. When he gets to play, he hits. Um, terrible fielder, very unathletic to say the least. But in the last seven days, he's 11 for 20 at the plate with four homers and 11 RBIs. With Adam Eden out, he is getting time in the outfield as long as sparing Ryan uh, Zimmerman at least once a week. Now, he's a name if something did happen to Zimmerman, which could happen I mean it's Ryan Zimmerman is very injury prone but at Matt Adam could be a guy who shoots up the owner percentage rate um when he plays he is good he did it last year with the Braves um 
it's just playing time's his thing. And, man, he's a guy who I wish could find a spot on an American League team, play a little first, DH a ton, and he would produce. He really would. But um, he is a guy, if he gains outfield eligibility, which he should soon, a guy to look at. You know, if, you have, if you're in a daily league and can play the matchups, if he's in there against a righty, Matt Adams could be a good add. The final name I'll bring up, hitter-wise, at 4.1% owned, shortstop outfield eligibility, um, deeper league guy, of course. But Jerickson Profar is swinging the bat pretty well. One homer, 10 RBIs in the last 15 days. 304 average in the last seven days. Now, he's a guy who does have some stolen base upside. Hasn't stolen a base in the last 15 days, but if he could get running, he could have late um, deep league value as a guy who's going to play every day. And even when Andrus does come back in a couple weeks, maybe he could hold on to an outfield spot. Um, good defender, uh, and he's he's playing well. Uh, he's a guy who burst onto the scene a couple years ago, and it's just kind of been stuck in the minors, a couple injuries here and there. But Jerickson Profar is playing good baseball right now. Last but not least, starting pitching options. Now, I have five guys on this list. One of them's Walker Buehler. I cannot stress enough if he's available in leagues pick him up. He is going to really, really succeed at the major league level right off the bat. The other four names, though, I'm going to start at the lowest percentage owned, Caleb Smith. Now, he was acquired for John Carlos Stanton by the Marlins, uh, one of the few players that the Marlins got. In his last two starts, has a 1.38 ERA, 0.38 whip, and on the season, his 33.9 K rate is only behind Max Scherzer. He is striking out a ton of guys. Here's a guy in, I believe, 28 or 29 innings. He has 41 strikeouts. Um, the ERA is a little high. He had two really bad starts, but the last two starts have been very encouraging. Is facing the Reds this weekend on Sunday. So um, by the time the pod comes out, um, you should still be able to pick him up as a streaming option. Only 10% owned, so... That's a name to keep an eye on if he continues to strike out guys and able to hold the whip in ERA at a good uh, rate. At 13% owned, now he was a hot name coming off the bat. Uh, his first start was incredible. His next two gave up five earned runs in both of them. But his last two starts, four earned runs with 18 strikeouts and 12 innings, and it's Tyler Mall from the Cincinnati Reds. He's pitching Sunday against Caleb Smith, and... Uh, he's a guy really advanced for his age, really good control, and he's got good stuff. He's been able to strike out guys even in starts that he struggled in. Uh, he's a name I do like. He's been chopped in a lot of leagues due to those two rough starts after a lot of people picked him up <clears throat> after his debut, but only 13% owned, so that's a name to keep your eye on. <clears throat> and if you just need a name, just need a good, solid starting pitcher, Brandon McCarthy is 26% owned, 4-0, 3.09 ERA. He's going to strike out. He's around at 8K per 9 um, historically, but he's been good this year. He's picking up wins, pitching on a good Braves team. He doesn't go too deep into games, but a, a solid back-of-year rotation starter. Um, Brandon McCarthy is going to give you some good stats. The last name I'm going to bring up, and I'm just saying it because he's been dropped in a ton of leagues, and I'm not the biggest John Gray fan in the world. But if he's a free agent, I'm all over him. John Gray, his last two starts, including one where he pitched in Chicago, gave up a leadoff homer to Anthony Rizzo and didn't give up a run the rest of the game. 
in a game that had the wind blowing out pretty, pretty badly. You can ask Kyle Hendricks and the three home runs he gave up in that game. But John Gray, last two starts, 13 innings, 17 strikeouts, one earned run, two walks. Obviously, he's a course field pitcher. Um, he's a rocky, a lot of bad matchups, but he's got elite power stuff. And when he's on, when he's not walking guys, he can give you really good value. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Fantasy Front Office. Thanks for listening. We are going to try to move to two pods a week, give you the full pod, like always, that we record Monday night. And then heading into the weekend, a shorter waiver wire injury update. As Todd was saying, we're looking into some bonus content for you. We'll still be putting out the main episode recorded Monday nights, and we're going to give this a shot as well. We're looking into putting out a fantasy front office extra innings brief waiver report recorded Wednesday nights for those who have midweek waivers, as well as a weekend edition brief to catch you up on all that's happened during the week heading into your Sunday night waivers as well as setting your weekly lock rosters for Monday morning.